when I watched a UFO with my dog for an hour, nothing was the same after that. It can't be. Welcome back to Rethinking Reality. I'm your host, Erica Heidewald, and this is our ninth episode. And today is going to be a special one. I'm going to tell you the story of the time I saw a UFO, even though I did not believe in UFOs. This is a slight change of pace for the podcast. Up until now, I've been examining topics. I've wanted to kind of methodically and systematically look at different questions, larger issues regarding how we understand reality. But today I'm just going to tell you a personal story. And this isn't supposed to be any kind of reflection on UFO stories more broadly, except for that I hope it encourages you to maybe reflect on your own reaction to these kind of stories. I'll dismiss this kind of thing pretty easily. And now that I'm on the receiving end of those dismissals, I can see how flimsy they are. The biggest reason I'm making this episode now is because I realized it's becoming too easy for me to pretend that this never happened, basically. It's been almost a year and a half, and as anyone who has listened to this podcast before will know, I was really, really sick uh, for a pretty long time. I'm a lot better now. Like, the reason that I haven't posted an episode lately is because I've been so focused on sort of rebuilding my life in very practical ways, rebuilding my health, um, working on my finances, and building a life in a new city. And it's become very easy to sort of pretend that that's all there is. The further I get from the peak of my illness, the easier it is to just blend in, sound normal, keep these things to myself. And I was thinking about that and I, I realized that I, I don't want to do that. Because if I really question myself, do I believe this happened? Yes, yes. I do. And to me, it seems a shame to have experienced something like this and then just ignore it because that would make me more normal. I don't talk about this experience very often um, because it's not, it's not very fun to talk to people about. Either people don't believe in UFOs, like I didn't, and they will respond something like, well, I'm just somebody who believes in science and logic, ration, fact. They think the difference between them and me is that they are more rational, logical, scientific-minded. And I tell them, no, the difference between you and me is that you have not had an experience like this. <laughs> that is the difference. But it's also not fun to talk to people who do believe in UFOs. For a little bit after this happened, I really did want to talk about it to people who would just engage in conversation beyond dismissing it out of hand, which doesn't lead to any kind of very interesting analysis on my part. But people who do believe in UFOs, they have pre-existing beliefs. And a lot of times those beliefs are shaped by not, not their own experiences not necessarily, but like cultural narratives and theories and stuff that like my experience did not come from that. So it doesn't really fit that. It doesn't necessarily fit what people want to believe about these experiences. And I understand that. 
So here's the thing. I am not trying to change your beliefs on UFOs or aliens. I am not trying to convince you to believe me. It is not my goal to prove this to you. Because first of all, I can't. I have enough evidence that I can prove it to myself. I can affirm for myself, yes, this corroborating evidence proves to me that I did go through what I think I did. But it's not enough to prove it to somebody else, and that is fine, because it would not have been enough for me to just hear somebody else's story and believe it when I did not believe in these things whatsoever. So that is okay. I will try to address the questions, doubts, and reservations that I think are going to come up for you, just so that you can get more out of this story. Ultimately, I have two goals. For people who have never had an experience like this, I want to explain it in enough detail that you can really imagine what it is like to have an experience like this and understand why somebody who is just as logical, rational, and skeptical as you might go through something like this and believe that the explanation lies outside of the rules of the reality that we have all grown up to believe in. My second goal is for people who have gone through something like this. I hope that this just gives you more data, that it helps you gain context for your own experience, and maybe makes you feel a little less crazy and a little less alone. Let me first set the scene and tell you my mindset and knowledge going into this. I did not believe in UFOs at all. I had never found UFO sightings particularly interesting. I really didn't know much about like UFO and alien lore or anything like that. I mean, I knew the basics like Roswell, aliens supposedly crashed in like the 50s, little green men, saucers. You know, but I really hadn't found it interesting because I had not believed in it whatsoever. I did believe in aliens, but in a very unattached sense. I felt like just logically the universe is so big, it doesn't make sense that we would be the only intelligent life in the universe. So yeah, probably there is intelligent life on other planets, but I did not think that would ever intersect with my life whatsoever. I did not think we would meet them. I didn't think they would be here. I didn't think uh, anything like that. So I didn't believe in aliens like coming to earth. I was raised completely non-religious by scientifically minded people. My mom identified as an atheist. My dad has always called himself an apathetic agnostic. Don't know, don't care. He's a doctor. My mom studied math for fun in college. These are the kind of people who brought me up. So we only believed in the things that science could prove. We were not spiritual people. I never believed in ghosts. Didn't even believe in evil. Wasn't taught to fear the unknown. Although I did not believe in aliens, I also did not understand why people found the idea scary. Same for ghosts. Like, well, a ghost would be a person who is dead. Most people are not scary, so I don't see why a ghost would be scary. And aliens, I, I just uh, didn't think that it was very likely, even if we ever did encounter aliens, they would be coming here to destroy us or whatever. So I didn't think I was ever going to meet, like, an alien or a ghost, but I always thought, well, but I would like to. That would be cool. So that's the background I was coming from. I was not someone who would be easily uh, convinced that I was seeing a UFO. You know, I was not the kind of person who every time I see some plane lights in the sky, I think aliens, you know. But at this point, 
I just had a really weird four months. And if you've listened to the other episodes of this podcast, then you know the events that had happened um, prior to this uh, sighting um, that had started to make me, well, not to be too on the nose, but rethink my reality. Um, If you haven't listened to the other episodes, that's fine. Basically, I'd been really, really sick for four months, and I had just started to have some inexplicable experiences that had me questioning um, the very nature of my reality. So that is the context that we're in. So the day is June 27th, 2021. Now with the gift of hindsight, I know this is like three days after my illness hit its peak and it started to get better. So I had, (laughs) a few days before this, I had been, um, (laughs) I mean, so sick, I really, um, well, I knew that if I didn't do something and figure out something, um, that I was actually going to die, um, and I reached a point also where I realized that I was not going to be able to find a doctor who would help me, like, no one was going to save me, I was just going to die, and it was going to be meaningless and just kind of sad. Um, but then I realized I needed fucking antibiotics. I got my, I got myself antibiotics and, uh, within a day, I'm, a, I'm getting a lot better. Um, <laughs> my illness was a lot more complicated than just this, but really I, am several leaps back from the brink of death that I had been at before. Um, but I have been having, you know, the worst week of my entire life. And then on June 27th, I just feel like I really need to get out of LA. And there's like a practical, understandable reason for this. And there's also sort of a, uh, and weird reason. The practical reason is that I can't stop having serious allergic reactions um, to well, a lot of things in my environment, but especially I have a severe allergy to ant bites. And we had fucking ants in our house that our landlord had not um, taken care of yet. And I, I mean, I told her like, oh, I've been in the hospital six fucking times. Like, I get anaphylaxis from enough ant bites. Um, well, I mean, at this time, it was like one ant bite. I think at this point, if I got one ant bite, would I have anaphylaxis? Probably not. Thank God. But at that point, <sighs> I was so sensitive. And so I felt like I, I just, I cannot actually get better in this house. I have to leave. But I also felt this, like, impending doom about Los Angeles, settling over the city of Los Angeles. And I just knew that I I wanted, I needed to get out. And, like, that's the kind of thing, the, the kind of thinking that I really didn't do before I got sick. But... 
a lot of how I got better was from actually listening to my own intuition. And when I overrode my intuition and listened to the opinions of, you know, doctors and trusted adults, um, <laughs> I got worse every time. So I had started to trust this um, inexplicable voice inside of me um, in ways that I wouldn't have before. So I decided, yeah, I'm getting out. And I have actually, I've never been to Joshua Tree at this point. I've lived in LA for years and years, but never made it to Joshua Tree, which is two fucking hours away. Um, so I look on Airbnb and there's a yurt, there's a yurt you can rent in Joshua Tree and it's available for that night. And I know this is absolutely where I want to go. I want to be in this yurt, not in my house. So. I pack a bag, I pack a bag for my dog, and we um, rent the Airbnb, and we get in the car, we go. Um, I, so I was healthy enough at this point to drive, where, like, I hadn't been before, um, but I also wasn't, like, like, I don't think I did a great job packing, you know? Um, I brought, like, barely any food for myself, and, like, a Diet Coke, and I don't know, coconut water or something, like, not really, um, I don't know, at the, at the top of my game as far as, like, planning this out well, but I drive out there, we get to the yurt, um, it's fantastic, it's beautiful, Otis is clearly happy to be in nature, I feel like I can breathe better, um, it's also just a really cool place, um, I thought I would like Joshua Tree, and yeah, of course, I did. Um, then I have to skip over a lot of things because it's just not, like, really relevant, but, um, I did have a weird evening, uh, and Joshua Tree has, has, or at least it had at that time for me, a bit of, like, a spiritual, otherworldly vibe. I've also just come back from the brink of death, so it's been an intense week. I have a lot to think about. I had just started to have some of the realizations that I have talked about on this podcast. Like, I think a few days earlier is when I had started to think um, that we don't create all of our own thoughts. You know, like, these are recent things. And so it does also occur to me, well, if I, <laughs> I know I've been really sick, and I have figured out that, like, at least on a very simple level, um, this illness can create thoughts for me. It makes me want to eat sugar when, like, I didn't particularly care for sugar before because sugar is good for it and not for me. So how do I know that my intuition, my my feeling that I needed to leave L.A., uh, how, how do I know that that was my thought? How do I, How do I know that that was good for me? How do I know which of my thoughts to listen to? Because I am completely alone, except for Otis out in the desert. And it occurs to me that <laughs> that could also be bad for me, you know? Because like, <laughs> I still have no idea like what my feeling of impending doom about Los Angeles was about. 
You know, I knew I need to get out of here today. I do not want to be in LA tomorrow. But I didn't have like a a theory about what was going to happen that I didn't want to be there for. I really didn't know why I felt that way. I just knew I felt so strongly about it that I was going to listen. But I'd also felt really strongly that I wanted to eat a bunch of sugar. So how was I supposed to know? So Otis and I were hanging out all night. We're staying up late. I always stay up late. I am a night owl. It is 2 a.m. right now as I record this. So that's normal for me. Um, and then at th- around 3.30, between 3.30 and 4 a.m., this is when it happens. So we're hanging out in the yurt. And this yurt has three windows. There's a window in the door and windows on, like, two other sides, sort of, of this yurt. And then one side has no window. <laughs> um, around... Yeah, 3.30 to 4 in the morning. Otis starts barking at something out the window. So I scramble over. Uh, first of all, see what he's barking at. Also, to get him to stop barking, because I'm renting this yurt as an Airbnb. It's on the property of the owner. Um, I don't want my dog, you know, waking people up at 3.30 in the morning. So there are a few things you should know about Otis. He's a big dog. He's 75 pounds. He um, loves to bark. He's a very like protective of the home type. Uh, he's a visual mix. Visual is literally in their breed. They fucking love to bark. Um, so I rush over to see what he's looking at. But strangely enough, I don't have to quiet him down. I don't have to get him to stop barking. He has already stopped himself from barking by the time I get there. I look out the window to see what he's looking at. It's very clear what he's looking at. It's a fucking UFO. There's a UFO in the sky outside and Otis is looking at it and he has stopped himself from barking at it, which is really strange. It's very strange for him to just look at something and not bark at it. And it's hard to explain, like, how do you know when you're seeing a UFO? If you have never seen one before, you don't believe in them. You're not expecting to see one. But you you just do when something truly, <laughs> truly strange happens, but it's clear and obvious. He, your brain registers it. If you're walking down the street, you turn a corner and you see Clifford, the big red dog, who is 20 feet tall. You, you'll be like, oh my God, that's a 20 foot tall dog, even though you didn't think that exists. You know, your, your brain still will recognize what it is. But my mind is fucking blown because Otis is staring at this thing. So it is real. And I immediately think to myself, if I had seen this first, I would have literally decided that I I was actually losing my mind. I don't think I would have believed it if I had just seen it by myself. But Otis saw it. And he's having a very strange reaction to it. Where he is staring at it intently. But he's being quiet. And he's sort of crouching below the window. Like he knows he wants to hide from it, but watch it. And strangely enough, I feel similarly. So at this point, I'm sitting on the ground next to Otis. As we're kind of ducking below this window. And looking out at this UFO. And just not taking our eyes off of it. So here's what I see. Well, first, I see one UFO. But then I realize fairly quickly after... 
there are actually three. They're in a triangle formation. And I just at first I only noticed the one that was closest to us. And at first they stay together in this triangle formation. But then uh, they break formation because the one closest to us comes a lot lower and closer to us. While the other two kind of remain higher and further away. So what they look like is like a, the shape is like a mix between an egg and a sphere. Um, it's they're silver. There are lights on them, which appear to be a slightly orangey to me. It appears to be made of metal. It does not look to me like um like a saucer shape. What it looks like uh, is if you know what a bubble helicopter is, just the bubble part of the bubble helicopter. And it also appears to me to be about that same size. But unfortunately, I'm not going to be a reliable source for uh, estimating like how big these were and how far away they were because I am really bad at that. Um, it is just something <laughs> I just can't do. Like, even when I'm driving on the GPS, says it turn at 800 feet. I'm like, how does anyone have any concept what 800 feet is? All I can tell you, sort of, is that they're close enough. I mean, they're close enough that, like, they're easy to see. Especially the one that comes closest to us is very easy to see, like, clearly. Um, and when it really comes its closest, the best idea I can probably give you is, um, so, like, in L.A., <laughs> there'll be police helicopters flying over. And then every now and then, a police helicopter will come really low. And you can tell they're looking for someone specific. And they'll be, like, hovering over maybe, like, a three-story building. Because at least where I live in Hollywood, most buildings were not taller than a few stories. And so when a helicopter is hovering low enough over a building that's shining its spotlight down... Like, it's just really, it's very low for a helicopter. It's, um, and it looks about like that. That's my best uh, explanation. So here's why I can see it so well also. Um, it's a clear night. And it's a few days before the full moon. And we're in the middle of the desert where there is almost no light pollution. Um... So it's just, you can see things lit up really well by the stars and the moon. And also, um, these things have fucking lights on them. I looked up the weather and the moon, uh, phase, to be sure, um, for June 28th, 2021, because now it's after midnight, so it's June 28th. And it said there was, uh, zero miles per hour of wind, no wind whatsoever, um, low humidity, no precipitation, it was still pretty fucking hot. And it was like waxing gibbous moon or something. It was a, a few days away from full moon. As far as I can tell, these craft do not make any noise. I think we would have been able to hear it. There's not a lot of noise out there besides just like the fucking animals and bugs. <laughs> I was going to say wind, but then I remembered there was no wind at that time. So can't even say that. And like Otis and I, we are fucking silent. We're silent. You know, he barked the first, like, two seconds. And then we're silent for the rest of this experience. So the one that comes closest to us, the one that has been closest to us, that one has 
a spotlight. Just like a helicopter. Just like one of those fucking LAPD helicopters. And they can move just unlike anything I've ever seen before. Because they can move all three together in a way that you might not first think that like it's all one thing. They can move up and down, side to side, whatever. It appears pretty effortlessly. But one of the things that shocks me the most is like that they're just right there. This is not hidden whatsoever. So I start trying to think, what are the possible logical explanations for this? What could this possibly be? I mean, it's not a star or a satellite or anything like that. It's way too close, way too easy to see. But I don't know any kind of flying aircraft that exists on this earth, in this reality, as far as we know, that this could be. And, like, I know planes pretty well. Um, My dad's a pilot. I did (laughs) study to be a pilot for a little while, but I didn't finish, unfortunately. Like, family vacations with my dad when I was a kid or just going to air and space museums. If there's an SR-71 Blackbird within driving distance, we will be there. This does not fit anything I know about planes, helicopters, or drones. Because that's the other, like, best guess. Is could it be a drone? But if it is a drone, it is a kind of drone that we have not been told exists, that's for sure. This is not a technology that is supposed to exist on this planet, in this reality. I know that. I have never seen a drone that looks like this. It's way too big. Way too fucking circular and silent. (laughs) The other reason I can see these things so well is that they're basically the only things in the sky besides the moon and the stars. Like, I'm in a place called Yucca Valley, and so it's just a wide, flat plain with then so you know mountains start or hills i don't know (laughs) cropping up in the distance but they're much closer than that there are no tall buildings there are no buildings i I can see at all all i can see is desert so the sky is huge and they are what is in the sky so when the one that's closest to us comes down and turns on its searchlight it clearly is looking for something it spends a while maybe 20 minutes low hovering moving around Shining its searchlight around. And I just feel on this deep, instinctive level, I do not want it to find me. Like, Otis and I are literally crouching down so that we're kind of hidden below the window. And every now and then he's creeping over to the other windows so that he can see this thing from other angles. But he clearly also does not want it to see him. I'm like, I have never seen behavior like this from Otis before. I don't know that I've ever even seen him notice things in the sky besides squirrels on trees. I don't know that he has ever even paid attention to a bird. I'm glad that I'm going through this experience with him because seeing his reaction helps me know that, like, my reaction makes sense. Because we are clearly experiencing this the same way. And I never would have thought. That, like, if I did see a UFO, I would hide from it. That's just never how... I've, I never thought of aliens as anything scary. But I just... I knew. The same way you wouldn't want the LAPD chopper to find you. You do not want this to find you. And it does occur to me... Are they looking for us? 
because we're really out in the middle of nowhere. And it's not far from my yurt, which has an address posted on Airbnb. Like, once again, I'm very bad at judging distances, but probably my best measure is just estimates of city blocks, because I spent lots of time looking out of apartment windows in Los Angeles. So it's like maybe five city blocks away. But there's nothing in between us, you know, but air and darkness. It's like the the searchlight doesn't ever, like, shine on us. And it occurs to me, too. <laughs> oh, my, my feeling of dread I need to leave Los Angeles. Was I influenced to feel that way, actually? So I would just um, isolate myself defenseless out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> but I don't know. Like, these are just thoughts. I don't know. Why are they out here at all? What are they doing? What do they do out here? Who are they? Where are they from? I don't know any of these things. But I know these things do not exist in the reality that I have always believed I live in and that everyone I know believes that we live in. This does not exist in that reality. I know that. It's like UFOs are real. I, ha I have to accept that. <laughs> Wow. And here I am seeing one with my dog who can never tell anyone about this. Like, I'm so glad that I'm experiencing it with him, but it is interesting that I'm experiencing it with someone who can never um, back me up. But I started thinking, how is it possible that we don't know this exists? When they're right there, they are not hiding. They're in the fucking sky with a bright light on. And I'm like two and a half hours outside of LA, the second biggest city in America. How would people not have seen this? And then it hits me, they have. People have seen these things, but we write them off as crazy. And that's very effective. So they don't have to hide. They can be here <laughs> And not worry about if people see them, because we have been conditioned to have a knee-jerk response to completely dismiss people who talk about certain topics or who talk in a certain way. We laugh, we mock, and these are immediate reactions that we never question. I know I've been doing it. Clearly that conditioning worked on me. I've always dismissed these kind of stories. I did not believe people who said that they had seen a UFO, or a ghost, or, you know, believed in God. <laughs> and I just thought I was a more scientific and rational person. But I know in this moment, even though this does not fit with what I know about reality, I know it is happening. So it would be unscientific and irrational for me to dismiss this new data just so I can continue to hold my pre-established beliefs. I have to adjust my understanding of reality based off of this earth-shattering new experience. So after about 20 or 30 minutes that we have spent watching this UFO and hiding from it in complete silence, it seems to give up looking and it floats back up to rejoin its triangle formation with its buddies. And then I, <laughs> I do think, like, I should take a picture. But I know you're not going to be able to fucking see anything. Because I can see, 
the night sky very well with my naked eye, but I know that that's not going to come across to the camera. I just have my iPhone. It's like, of course, of course, it's going to be like impossible to take a picture of, but I, I take a little video anyway. I can't tell if you can see it at all while I'm filming it. You know, it just looks black on my phone screen, but I'm very glad I took that video because it did serve as confirmation for me that yes, you had this experience at four in the morning in Yucca Valley on June 28th, 2021. And you can see a little light in the sky. So I rewatched this video recently. I hadn't watched it for a long time. But it's one of the reasons I decided I wanted to talk about this experience. Because when I thought about, you know, do I really want to pretend like this didn't happen? I'm like, I know that video to me proves that it happened. But it's just proof to me. It can't be proof to somebody else. To someone else, it's just a little dot in the sky. But to me, it is confirmation that yes, something was in the sky. And I don't know, I never even bothered to do this before. But I, um, I watched the video pause, you know, on pause. And I zoomed in on the light. And I turned up the exposure away. And <laughs> was really shocked. Um you actually can see that it's three, it's three lights, it's three dots. <laughs> I had no idea that you could see that. So to me, once again, that's just, it's more a confirmation. Like, yeah, I wasn't just like losing my mind in the desert for some reason. Also, if I was losing my mind in the desert, then my dog was losing his mind in the desert in the exact same way for the exact same amount of time. It's not rational to believe that. After that, the UFOs, they stayed in their triangle formation. And they went higher and further away. And we watched them for as long as we could. Like about an hour. Until they were so far away. Sometimes I couldn't see them until like a light from the city glinted on them. And then eventually the sun was coming up. And I looked that up too. And that also fits with my memory. Because the sunrise at that time was around like 5 in the morning. 5.20 something like that. So it makes sense. Yeah, we spent about an hour until it was light enough that we couldn't see them anymore. And they were far away enough. But I knew that they they went in the direction of Los Angeles. Because I had just driven from there. <laughs> just like one road from Los Angeles, pretty much. So I knew that's where they were going. And you can see in the distance the light pollution coming from Los Angeles. In the corner of the sky over there. And I see one more thing. And this is something I still... I'm conflicted over. I rack my brain about it. Because whereas like I'm completely confident... In the things I've told you up to this point, as far as what I saw, I knew even at the time I couldn't see this very well, and I wasn't sure if I was actually seeing what I thought I was. But once these ships are really far away, and they're really high in the sky, every now and then there's like a, you know, light coming out from the ground, like the kind um, that you see car dealerships, you know. And this UFO will catch that light in the sky. And I can see something below it. So I can't see it until it has a light that reflects off of it. And then what it looks like to me, which is not what I think it is, but this is just what it looks like, is it looks like yellow confetti coming out. Like they're throwing yellow confetti over the city of Los Angeles. And I'm skeptical of myself, even at the time. Like, am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing? But I, I can see it. Clearly enough enough times that, yeah, I think I saw 
something being dispersed from the UFOs when they were high up in the sky going towards Los Angeles in their triangle formation on June 28th, um, 2021, at around 5 in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I can't know that. It did make me wonder, is this why I had that dread feeling about Los Angeles and was sure that I needed to leave? Because now it sure looks like there are UFOs flying over LA d dumping something on it. <laughs> I don't know. I was curious <clears throat> to see like um, how possible would it even have been that I saw this? So I tried to do some research about like how far the human eye can see and all of that. And I think it, it, does, make, it does make sense. It's plausible. Because if you can see um, like a skyscraper from 50 miles away when it's clear, these things were so high. I'd watched them the entire time. So I, I don't think I would have been able to just see them, notice them in the sky um, if I hadn't been watching them since they were close. But I also have excellent vision. I've always thought it was fun to try and watch something in the sky for as long as I can until you can't see it anymore. And it was a windless, rainless, just clear-ass day out there. It's about 60 miles to San Bernardino or Riverside or 70 miles. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, it's not like they have to fly all the way to Los Angeles proper before they reach millions and millions of people. It's really just on the other side. Because I know that they were going to the direction of Los Angeles. That's all. It's just like a hop over a little mountain range, but I can't see over the mountain range. I just know they were going that direction. I wish I could tell you how high they got, because they went way higher. And of course, before all this happened, it would have seemed insane to think, um, oh, maybe UFOs are flying over Los Angeles and like dumping something out so that people get sick. But I, I really didn't um, know what was possible anymore. And I didn't think anyone did. Because I did not think UFOs existed. And then I had just, I spent over an hour, maybe an hour and a half watching them. With my dog. I had been sick with things that people thought didn't exist. That people told me didn't exist even as I photographed them and recorded them. So obviously the people around me didn't know what exists and what doesn't. And neither do I. And eventually the ships were far and high enough away. And it was becoming light enough. I couldn't see them anymore. They were off doing whatever they were doing. High, high over Los Angeles. Or probably no one could see them at this point. But I did think about just how casually they'd been here. So out in the open. So easy to see. And it made me think that uh, the power structure of this world is different than I thought. I don't think those aliens are afraid of being discovered by our government. <laughs> I know that's also some people debate like, oh, are they really aliens or are they from another dimension? Um, I don't care. I think beings from another dimension still count as aliens. <laughs> I bet lots of aliens uh, exist in other dimensions. I think the universe is so much more complicated than we've been led to believe. It took a long time, but finally I fell asleep. And I remember when I woke up, maybe like 11 a.m., the world just felt so normal. And I immediately felt this temptation to write off what I'd experienced the night before. Like, whew. I must have been losing my mind. <laughs> it was tempting to go back to the reality that I thought I knew, that everyone I know agrees with, that feels more rational 
Because here it was, the world felt normal again. But I decided in that moment, <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I know what I experienced last night. I'm not allowed to keep telling myself that I'm just crazy or making things up. When really I know I'm not. And sometimes now life gets so normal for me that those experiences I had, they don't feel real anymore. But I don't let myself start doubting that they happen because I know it really doesn't matter if they feel real now. I decided in my right mind, using my logical faculties, that the evidence proved the existence of these events at that time. So even if it feels kind of crazy to me now to be like, yeah, I saw three UFOs. <laughs> I did. I did. And there is no other logical explanation. There is no way to write off my experience without deciding that either I am lying or I'm incredibly stupid. This is how it was with my illness too. That doctors did not have an alternate explanation for me. They could not explain what I was telling them was happening. So the only possible answer in their mind is that I was wrong. But I have no reason to lie about these things because these are not things that I have wanted to be real. <laughs> and I'm just not that fucking stupid. <laughs> and honestly, there's really no, <laughs> there's no like rational way to make that conclusion about me. The evidence doesn't support it. I'm glad that I took that video and I'm excited that it turns out you can actually see more than I originally thought. I've actually never shown anyone that video um, because, well, first of all, no one's asked, and I don't think it would be very interesting. Um, it's just a little late in the sky, you know? But um, if any of you are interested, you want to see it, I will post the video and the screenshots that I took where you can see it you know, zoomed up and a little bit brighter on my Patreon. I am going to make it for um, Patreon subscribers only, but my lowest uh, tier is literally $1. I just don't think that I really want <laughs> to put that stuff like public and uh, I don't know, to deal with anything that might come from that because there's no way I'm pretending that this video should be able to prove to anybody that UFOs are real. <laughs> it can't. It only serves as some interesting corroborating evidence for my story. That's it. And for me, because I experienced this, that corroborating evidence <laughs> is a big deal. You didn't experience it. I don't expect it to be <laughs> as big of a deal for you. But I do hope maybe that uh, you're able to be a little more open-minded about either this topic or just anytime someone is telling you about their personal experience and your instant response is to think that they must be crazy or stupid. I think we've really been conditioned to think that way. And honestly, it sucks to do that to people. And it's just limiting for ourselves. So something else interesting is, um, so I didn't know that any of what I saw, like, had... <laughs> ever been seen by anybody else you know I didn't I didn't know that like people have seen UFOs in triangle formations um and that people have seen UFOs in Joshua Tree a lot but when I decided to make this episode I you know 
I googled around a little bit to see if people had similar stories. And there are some shockingly similar descriptions written by other people. The triangle formation, the orangey lights, the way they can all move together as one or move separately on their own. Even just the descriptions of what they look like. Some people have described very similar things to what I saw. I know it's unsatisfying for a lot of people to like not have a full answer. I think that leads people to construct narratives that, you know, maybe part of it was supported by fact, but then a lot of the rest of it isn't just because it feels better to have like a full answer. Like I can't give that to you. I can't. And I'm not willing to do that to latch on to some other person's story and belief about aliens and be like, Oh, these were the Anunnaki and like, I don't know what they were called. I don't know what they were. I didn't see them. What's them? What does that even mean? I don't know. And I am skeptical of people who claim to know. Like, I have people who have tried to argue with me about the things that I actually experienced. And tell me I'm wrong because, you know, they believe someone who had a channeled message that said something different. I really don't care about someone else's channeled message. I know some people will not want to believe me because they are committed to their belief that there are aliens that come here in UFOs, but they are nice and they're here to help us. Um, and my experience doesn't mean that you're not also right. You know, if there are aliens coming here in UFOs, why would there only be one kind? I think it is quite certainly possible that there are ones like who, who I saw or what I saw. And there are ones that people have great experiences with. But there is no fucking way in hell that what I saw was benevolent, was a friend. There's just no way. Like, my dog and I watched them in complete silence while hiding from them for an hour. I have never seen that behavior from him before or since. Also, I've been really sick, you know? I've been, like, deathly ill. Not everything in life is good. If you have ever had um, a UFO sighting, an alien experience, or anything weird that you want to talk about with somebody who won't um, call you crazy, you can email the podcast now. I made an email for it. It's called RethinkingRealityPod at gmail.com. Feel free to just, you know, tell me or write something that I can read on the podcast. Or if you want to chat about it, maybe you can come on the podcast. As long as you're interesting, fun to talk to. If you guys have more questions about this topic, I can talk more about it in future episodes. Um, thank you for listening. I hope I end up feeling happy that I put all of this out there. <laughs> but at least at this moment I do. I know I need to keep talking about it at least often enough that it doesn't become so filed away in my memory. So filed away in my memory that I somehow convince myself it wasn't real. I don't want to do that. Also, I really want this podcast to have a sponsor, but I can't think of any um, company that would be like <sighs> down to sponsor such strange content. So if anybody has like an idea, <laughs> email me. You can also find me on social media uh, at Erica Heidewald everywhere. And remember, if you subscribe to the Patreon, even for $1, I will post him. Um, my underwhelming but simultaneously exciting 
UFO videos and pictures there for you. Thanks for listening. And if you ever get a chance to stay in a yurt, really at all, but especially in Joshua Tree, you got to do it. All right. Goodbye. Reality. 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 Reality.